All right, so last week we should have gotten through lesson four, and we were running out of time, and uh, I had about four, three or four slides left, and I didn't, I didn't want to rush it, and so then yesterday I looked at the four, three or four slides I had and I said, well, that's not enough, so I'll just put a little more in, and so we'll see if we finish today. So we are looking, what are we looking at? What's lesson four? Someone tell me. We are looking at the person of Jesus. And I said before, what I'm trying not to do is I'm trying not to encroach upon the work of Jesus. I'm just trying, we're trying to look, we're trying to establish uh, what does the Bible, who does the Bible say Jesus is? And I'm trying not to venture into what he does, although those two things naturally go together. You look at who Jesus is, that tells you about what he can do. You look at what he does, that tells you something about who he is and what he is. So we're just trying to take half of it, although it will bleed over a little bit. So Eric, sound guy, did he get raptured? Eric? All right. Well, yeah. Eric, can you uh, put me put me up there? I don't what I Okay, so there, there are four, uh, four titles or four, um, let's say, qualities uh, of Jesus that are, I'd say, most important to know. One is that he is God. We covered that. Another is that he is man. We covered that. Today we're going to look at uh, the fact that Scripture ascribes him lordship and also saviorship he is jesus and he is or he is uh, he is lord and he is savior so let's tackle first his lordship and i'm i hit what are you, what are you talking about i hit uh duplicate yeah duplicate Okay. Okay. All right. So Matthew twenty-eight, eighteen to twenty. Jesus came up, spoke to them, saying. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. How does this passage 
uh, speak to his lordship. There are three things, uh, four things, no, three things. Three things that speak to his, his lordship, his sovereignty, his power. All authority. If somebody has all authority, that, that, that places them on a pretty unique pedestal, does it not? Uh, and again, we, I think we looked at this before. He is uh, uh, all authority in heaven and on earth. That's pretty unique. What's the second one? commands well yeah he, he so he's commanded the disciples a bunch of stuff what are they to do yeah okay do, do, do you see that it says something about his authority if what he has said needs to be taken and if, if he expects and has the right to expect people all over the world of all throughout throughout the ages to obey him if he if he deserves the obedience of all peoples does that say something about his lordship i mean if if i were to if charlie were to give me some advice or or daniel were to give me some advice and i were to go out and and and, and he were to tell me go out and and uh, tell a bunch of people to listen to what i say does daniel have that right does daniel have that prerogative no and then what's the what's the last one I am with you always. How does that speak to his lordship, to his power, to his right to rule, his prerogative to rule? Let's see. If, uh, if we were in England right now, and we were to read something that Charles I or no, Charles V, the emperor who lived uh, at the time of the Reformation, that he commanded something to be done. Would British, would British citizens be under obligation to obey King Charles V's word? Why? Is King Charles V alive? What happens to a king's authority when he dies? Yeah. What does it say about Jesus' lordship if he is with us always? If he is, if he never dies, if his if his right to rule never well there I'm just giving it away his right to rule never recedes it never fades, and so I am with you always. I mean that 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 is a word of encouragement, but it's also it speaks to his his rule his his lordship. What Acts two thirty six? What has God made Jesus? We looked at this I think last Easter. Lord, so God has, God has made Jesus Lord. I think Philippians two also says something about that. Second uh, Thessalonians one seven to ten. What does this say about His lordship? When Jesus comes back, who is He coming with? Not that He needs them, but who is He coming with? Yeah. I mean, when, when, when somebody makes an empty threat, what, what, what's, what's one of the most common uh, responses? Yeah, you, you and whose army? Uh, Jesus is bringing his army. Not that he needs them, but he is. 
So he he is he will be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. He will he will have an army. He will deal out retribution to those who do not to those who do not know God and to those who don't obey his gospel. You know, it's one thing to make an empty threat or, you know, to make a threat and 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 uh, for, for your opponent to call your bluff. It's another thing to actually actually uh, uh, follow through with the consequences. Um, and then what's the last thing that this verse tells us about his authority or about his power? What what quality, what attribute does Paul give to his power? Is it a is it a. a a mundane power is it a is it a power that um, like like any other it's a glorious power i'll remind you that um, every time someone in the in the old testament and uh, on the occasion that the three disciples saw jesus's glory they were stupefied and they fell down like dead men um, we don't see power like that in our in our days, and we, we, we will see it then. Okay, Philippians 2. Let's see. So th- this tells us a couple things about Jesus' lordship. What's the first? Yeah, God gave it to him. God elevated him to lordship. Uh, what, 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 what exactly did God elevate him to? What did he give him? So is there, are, are there any names above him? And what will happen at his name? Can you put a little fluctuation? Okay. Uh, and every tongue will what? Okay, and so what does that say? What does that say about his lordship? I mean, those of you who have been in management, maybe you have hired somebody, maybe you have made, you have appointed someone to a position, and at the end of the day, in the final analysis, you came to regret it, and you wish, why, why did I, why did I hire this person? Why, why do I have to deal with it? You know, you, you wish that he wasn't there. What does it say about Jesus's lordship? To what is the result of God exalting Jesus, giving him the name above every other name, uh, giving him the name that at his name every tongue will confess his, his lordship, to what effect? Last phrase. What? No. No. The effect is that God is glorified by Jesus' lordship. So it's it's a not only is it a glorious lordship it's a it's a oh no it is a glorious lordship. Okay, Daniel seven one one of uh, one of Jesus's favorite passages uh, because we know that Son of Man was his uh, favorite title for himself. What does this say about his lordship? Make your own observation in your own words. And what and and what's the nature of his? What's the duration of his dominion? And ever uh, unfading, indestructible. Someone other than Daniel. You can do the next one. You're stalling. You're stalling. You're stalling. 
No, he's not. So what, what, is, what does this say? What, what's, the, what's the nature of his, of his lordship here? I mean, some of these might be, it might be, uh, you know, touch on new aspects. Some of them will repeat. He will, so he'll have authority to judge, it's, and his and his judgment will be a glorious judgment. He he's sitting on a glorious throne. What about this one? Th- think about the context. We just looked at this the other week. <clears throat> Who is Jesus talking to? Are you the Son of God? Are you the Son of the Blessed One? I am. And you shall see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of power, coming with the clouds of heaven. Who's he talking to? Mm-hmm. What? Nope. Nope. Bethany had it. Yeah, he, he, he's talking to the chief priests, the scribes, the elders. He's talking to the people who are... Uh, who have been wanting to kill him for three years and who are now about to have their will done, their wishes done. Uh, they are they are sitting in authority over him. They are sitting in judgment over him. What's he saying in this passage? When he says, you, you who are judging me, you who are condemning me, you who think that you're the you're where the buck stops in this in this land. You're going to see me sitting at the right hand of power coming with the clouds of heaven. What does that say about his lordship? Yeah, because he's, he's talking to the supreme authority within Israel. Uh, okay. Psalm 110. So David, David says, or David writes, Yahweh says to my Lord, so that already David is calling his coming son who will, who will secede him as king. He's calling him my Lord. Uh, Sit at my hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. What is, uh, what is the, the next, uh, what, what are two, two observations we can make about his lordship from this passage? Yeah. And and uh, not only is his authority given by Yahweh, uh, his author- uh, his his power, his rule is empowered. You know, it's not like it's not like God gives it to him and then says, you know, good luck. You know, do do good with it. God is actually empowering, uh, sustaining. You know, like 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 plugging an appliance into an outlet. Uh, the Father is sustaining and empowering his rule. Uh, or even, I mean, this it could be that the Father will actually do what the Son wishes. Um, and then rule, rule where? Rule, rule where the people like you? Rule with those with, among whom you have political favor? Um, rule. Okay. That attitude you could be. Okay. 
25 minutes or 30. I thought his enemies are a footstool. I mean, that is that is a part of the kitchen uh, furniture, right? He will judge among the nations. He will fill them with corpses. He will shatter the chief men over a broad country. I mean, I, you might be thinking of Psalm 2 where there's an entreaty, you know, pay homage to the son, uh, you know, lest he, you incur his wrath, lest he become angry. Okay. Oh, look at that. So we've already seen that God, that God gives uh, uh, Christ his lordship. Uh, I will surely give the nations as your inheritance. What's the breadth of his lordship? The very ends of the earth. You shall, uh, uh, you shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall sh- shatter them like earthenware. That's judgment. That's power. That's authority. Uh, and then he, there's the entreaty at the end. You know, to, to those who are his enemies now, there, there's an invitation to be reconciled, make right with him. So, and, so this tells us uh, his lordship has a consequence for those who resist him. His lordship also has a consequence for those who come to him. What, what, what are the two consequences? The positive, the negative. What? Yeah. So if you're if if you reject him, his lordship is bad for you. If you accept him, if you're on good terms with him, his lordship is great for you. Okay. Yeah. It's it's better that you Yeah. One way or the another, one way or another, every knee will bow. You know that that that's something that you can you know kind of have in the uh, in your back pocket as you're evangelizing people and pleading with them, is uh, you know level with them and say, a day will come where you will see things God's way. Please, please be reconciled to Him now. All right, uh, I think this is the yeah last one. Um, Revelation twenty eleven to six. This is John uh, digging down into his thes- into his thesaurus. He's trying to uh, be descriptive and showing Christ's power, his authority. His eyes are a flame of fire, like with a, with a real fiery fire. And on his head are many diadems. That's the that's the the most uh, glorious crown that that kings used to have. You know, there's like. Um, in, in Revelation, Satan or the Antichrist is said to have a a crown. That's like a that's like a lower crown. This is the most beautiful crown, many diadems. And he has on his name, uh, no, no, and the um, and the armies which are in heaven, clothed in fine li- linen, white and clean, were following him on 
white horses. White horses were the horses that kings rode. From his mouth comes a sharp sword. This is figurative language, obviously. So that with it he may... <coughs> so that with it he can make empty threats against nations. No, it... So that, so that he may strike down the nations and he will rule them with a rod of iron. He treads the winepress of the fierce wrath of God. So when he... When he when he makes threats or when he executes judgment, it's just and it's right and it's effective. Um, and on his robe and on his thigh, he has a name written. And what this means is among, among all the kings, he's the kingliest of the kings. Of all the lords, he's the lordliest of the lords. Well, that says something about his lordship. He's, he's on a level of his own. There's no one comparable to him. All right. So that was his lordship. Uh, uh, Jesus is God. Jesus is man. Jesus is Lord. And Jesus is Savior. I don't think anyone really argues against his saviorship. Um, I think, if anything, there's, there's a resistance to his lordship. But, um, you know, this is, this is uh, equally important to know that this is what Scripture says Jesus is. He is Savior. Matthew one twenty one. Uh, Gabriel's talking to Mary, uh, to Joseph, um, you know, tells, tells him that Mary's with child. She will bear a son. You shall call his name Jesus. Now, remember, we looked at what Jesus means in, uh, in, in Hebrew or Aramaic. What's it mean? Yah, Yasha. <coughs> what? John, I didn't hear you. I don't think anyone heard you. God will save. Yahweh is salvation. So his name his name's appropriate. Mark ten forty five. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to what? Give his life a ransom, a substitution, a purchase price for many. Luke's version of the same same sentiment the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. You know, m- most kings serve themselves by vanquishing their enemies. He comes to save them. John three sixteen seventeen. Whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have what? A, a, a great bank account? Wonderful plans for their life? Why did God send his son into the world? Just to judge, to save. All right, uh, so this is where he's talking to uh, the woman at the well. Everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again. So, So speaking of natural water, whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst. So he, so she doesn't pick up on it. He's speaking figuratively. Uh, whoever drinks of the water that I will give shall never thirst, but the water that I will give him will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. Um, okay, so with this one, there there's hundreds of passages we could have looked at, but th- this is this is uh, uh, I believe no, it's not Jairus. Um, this is an account where Jesus uh, resurrects 
or raises someone from the dead. And I, uh, this is where he's not even there. Um, just think about the fact that the Gospels say Jesus, you know, portray Jesus, record Jesus going around healing. Um, you know, in the very sense of what saving means. Saving uh, at a base level means to make well or to heal, to deliver, to rescue. And we know uh, in the grand scheme of things that includes uh, uh, salvation from sin, but it, it also means salvation from physical death, salvation from disease, salvation from disablement. And the fact that we see Jesus going around doing that nonstop for three years, that is one massive, giant preview for what he will do in the last day. So he is, he is uh, uh, the fact that he goes around saving people uh, on a small scale previews the grand saving that he will do in, in the last day. Uh, John 6, 20, uh, 26 to 27 the food that he gives, just like the water that he gives, uh, the food that he gives or the food that he is causes what? Or uh, the food that he gives will cause what? Eternal life. God's will is that everyone who beholds the Son and when you look at the context, it doesn't just mean to look and, oh, that, that's Jesus. No, to behold, to, to gaze at, to look at with faith. Whoever beholds and believes in him will have eternal life. And then Jesus, uh, Jesus says that he will have a personal part to play in this. I myself, for everyone who looks at me and beholds me and believes in me, I myself, I will do it. I will raise him up on the last day. Ephesians 2, 5 to 7. Though we were dead in our transgressions, God made us alive together with Christ. Where is our life? What, what is the source of our life? What? God has ma- had, has made us alive together with. We are we have been bonded. We have been united to Christ. His life becomes our life. And that uh, Colossians three three I think says that your life is hidden in Him. You know, you, we, you look around, you see the old man decaying day by day. You don't see the the life that is hidden in Christ, united with Christ. So we have been made alive together with Christ. We have been raised with him. We have been seated with him. So our life, our being raised up, our position in the heavenly places, it, we have what Christ already has. We have been placed with him. So he saves us by by. Ta- by taking us to where he is. Uh, Charlie, what about this one? Colossians 1. How, 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 what is this, how does this portray Jesus as Savior?
Well, that's, that's the Father saving us, which is true, but I, I, that's not what I'm asking. Um, what does this say about Jesus being a Savior? Yep. Yes. So our... So, you know, God, God doesn't just, you know, the, the words redeem as in to, to buy back, to, per, to, to pay with a purchase price or to, or to forgive sins. God doesn't just go, just, doesn't just pull out his divine wallet, you know, take his credit card and pay, you know, 53 bucks for Jack's soul and, you know, um, whatever, however much Daniel costs. He doesn't just buy it out of heavenly funds. Um, we have redemption in Christ, the Father took Christ and used His blood to pay. Christ is the purchase price. Christ is the means of forgiveness. That's why we have redemption and forgiveness of sins in Him. So, this verse says that God is Savior. Yes, but we're looking at how Christ is Savior. All right. What about this one? Hebrews ten fourteen uh, in his office of uh, as high priest. How how did he save us according to this? Yeah. He has he has done one act. Doesn't doesn't have to repeat it. Doesn't have to, you know. It's not it's not something that uh, uh, wanes and waxes, waxes over time and, uh, you know, needs a patch, needs, a, you know, needs a, a little bit of stucco, some duct tape, some WD-40, uh, a fresh coat of paint. What he did is perfect and does not need to be repeated ever. All right, so uh, back to the beginning of Luke. There's been born a Savior. So that's, that's Luke um, beginning the, the theme of Jesus being Savior in his gospel. First uh, John 4.14, Father has sent the Son to be Savior of the world. And we've looked at how we have eternal life in him. I'm, I'm not trying to be trite, just trying to move through. Um, okay, what about, what, is this, what does Acts 4.12 say about Jesus' saviorship? There's a, there's a quality to his saviorship or, or an attribute. exclusive one and only there is salvation in no one else and then just to you know just in case somebody wasn't paying attention to make sure that he that he's understood he repeats himself there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved what about this This is telling us how he did it. He's he's, a substitution. He himself, no one else, he did it, bore our sins. When you you look at that phrase in the Old Testament, that has to do with, with bearing punishment, with going through punishment for sin. He bore our sins in his body on the cross by his wounds. Substitutionary language here. By his wounds, we are healed. We are made well. We are saved. That is the word for saved. And then what does what does Peter 
uh, call Jesus. These are salvific titles. Yeah, does a, uh, is there a sense in which shepherds save or heal or make well the sheep? Is there a sense in which guardians heal, save, or make well or rescue or deliver those whom they guard, those who are entrusted to them? All right, and then lastly, Revelation 19, 11 and following. Um, you know, we, 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 we talk about, uh, I mean, some of the verses we talked about, the physical deliverance, the physical salvation that we are having, but, you know, most people are primarily familiar with the spiritual salvation that we have, forgiveness of sins. Uh, not, I'd say not a lot of thought is often given to the physical rescuing, the physical deliverance that we'll have. Uh, this is what we see in the end of Revelation. Jesus physically, bodily, showing up, to physically, in real time and space, saving his people. Um, what to read and what where to stop. I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. He who sat on it is called Faithful and True in righteousness. He judges and wages war. And so we, we looked at that. Um, Chapter 20, verse 11, I saw a great white throne, him who sat on it, from whose presence earth and heaven fled away, and no place was found for them. Then you have the resurrection of the dead. He, he raises his people just like he said he would. He, he comes to save. And that's what the rest of Revelation uh, covers him at. So he, is, he saves spiritually, but he will also save physically and bodily. So what, what are the four things that, we, that believers must see the Bible claims Jesus is? four things first one is jesus is god second jesus is what man third jesus is lord fourth jesus is okay so next week we'll look at uh, actually uh no sunday school for next week because it's christmas sunday uh in two weeks we'll start lesson five the work, so so looking at what Jesus does, what his prerogatives are. All right, any questions or? Nothing? All right, let's pray.